another episode of off the rails the millennials guide to books arts culture and music where tangents are actively encouraged um off the rails is part of the off the record network um as ever i'm your host one of your co-hosts imogen marshall and with me is my lovely co-host madeline how have you been what have you seen what have you done oh my god i feel like i've just eaten london at this point Oh my god. I feel like um I mean social interaction at the moment is sort of revolves around meals. So I just feel like I'm just that's where all my money's going right now. That's where uh yeah. But it's fun. It's really so it's just so nice. Like now that London's sunny this weekend, my mood is definitely linked to the weather, so it's been a lot better. How about you? I feel like it's finally summer now. I know. I got out a summer dress today and I was outside and I didn't ha- even have to bring a jacket with me. It was so nice. Yeah, I think I've only realised this week what a different socialising with people makes. Mm-hmm. Following lockdown and I'm like, I have had too much alone time. Um, and then I think this week I've literally just been catching up with someone new each week over a meal. It's so nice though. Like it's, oh, I kind of forgot guess I used to always think of myself as more of an introverted person I've realized over lockdown I am not an introvert by any stretch of the imagination um yeah I feel like my soul has been fed it's really nice yeah yeah and I think it's now quite a good part where in lockdown if you were catching up with someone over zoom there wasn't that much to catch up on because not a lot was happening whereas now Uh, whereas now it's more like an organic conversation yeah, whereas now I think it's starting to open back up again. People are going back to work. It, people now actually have something to say <laughs> when, when you can. This is true, actually. And you feel like you're doing more, so you actually feel like you have it's stories to tell. Yeah, because I think the last time when I was catching up with people over Zoom, it was just repeated conversations of Bridgerton. That's all, that's all lockdown was. It was yeah. targeted. That's all lockdown was. It was, what have you watched this week? Yeah luckily i don't think i've oh well we'll get into it but the one thing i have watched this week was um the friends reunion oh i haven't watched it i've seen the clips from it so i've seen the the lady gaga clip from it um and i've seen the clips them like reenacting certain bits i haven't watched the full thing but apparently it's very emotional i felt really weirdly emotional watching it like obviously i think we grew up a little bit too late to have grown up with it like i think yeah. i tuned in for like the last series was kind of of an age where it was okay to watch friends but um i felt really it was like i think they were all so emotional it just came through and i get emotional with that kind of thing because i'm just so sappy um but it was it was quite an enjoyable watch to be honest like I do agree. One of them said during it, they were like, we wouldn't want to do another episode or a film or something because you'd have to unpick the happy endings that they all had at the end. And they did such a good job of like tying it all up that you wouldn't want to unpick those and then to have have some drama in a story. Um, but I don't know. It would have been kind of nice to kind of get a snapshot of where they were at. 
you know I really love them to do because I feel like if they were to do like a reunion season and then all return to their characters it wouldn't please anyone you'd have people no. going oh, it's the best thing and people going it's the worst thing what I would love them to do is for Phoebe for the three for the triplets that Phoebe gave birth to to come back as adult Emma coming back Ben to come back and obviously um Chandler and Monica's two adopted kids yeah back and it'd be like i don't know for some reason i don't know like one of them's died and they've always re- like reunite at like a funeral or something and it's like a generation of friends but i know that's never going to happen yeah that would be interesting though but yeah it was good it was good i i enjoyed it um and that was probably like the only thing that i've actually watched this week um i know this episode we're going to talk about classics so, um, yeah, I guess we wanted to have like a little chit about um, our favourite classics and then sort of move into talk a bit of a discussion about um, what books and pieces of music and things like that that we're kind of thinking will probably be the future classics. So I've got on my list, and we have both written this down on our list, that our favourite classic mm-hmm. is Little Women, Little Women, um, which... I, I think purely just because I really, really like the character of Joe. Oh my god, I always wanted to be Joe, except the fact that she cut her hair off. That was the only thing I was like, I'm never going to do that. Yeah, and I like that it's a book that, if, by the time it was written, I really like that it's a whole thing of where, at the time, Joe and Laurie would have probably ended up together, happy endings. But I like that they don't end up together. Me too. And that it's just a thing of they're just friends. There's soulmates and friends, and I really like that. Um, but yeah, I, I want to be Joe. No one wants to be Amy. <laughs> Everyone. No, but the film version, I don't know if you've seen it with um, Emma Watson Sarah and. Yeah. Sorry? The one with Saoirse Ronan, Emma yeah, Watson. Yeah, of course. Tried to frust- yeah, what you're about to say. It was yeah. an incredible version, and I did like Amy in that version. I did like Amy in that version. I thought you was going to point out about how in that version, obviously Saoirse Ronan plays Joe. Yeah. And in the film, they make out that Laurie's proposed to Joe. She said no. Fair dues. Um, he even married one of the other sisters. And during this time, Joe obviously doesn't know that he's gotten married to Amy. And she's like, oh no, I've had this realisation that actually I should be with Laurie. That really annoyed me because I'm like, that's not the point of... <laughs> Joe is meant to be so steadfast in her belief that they were meant to be together. Yeah, uh, and that really annoyed me. And it really annoyed me because I really like Saoirse Ronan and I thought that she really fitted the bill of Joe well. And then that yeah. happened. And I was like, not my Saoirse, not my Joe. Not mine, not mine. <laughs> so, yeah, what? so that's our, one of our top ones. What is another one of your top picks, I guess? I really like Frankenstein. So Frankenstein. I love Frankenstein. Because it was like my first like gothic novel mm-hmm. pre-Twilight. Um, but it's my first ever like gothic novel. And I really like the whole concept of... Because it was so against the rules at the time. And it's a whole story of... Um, right, is it? Oh, I forget who wrote it. Um, Mary Shelley. Yeah, Mary Shelley. She wrote it on like... At a party or something, or she wrote it in a night because of a nightmare, and then like she basically comes down and says, like, she's like, I've had this idea, yeah. Uh, and everyone's like, What? 
this idea of that like a man is made out of other men and he comes to life and she's like yeah it just came to me in the dream <laughs> um but yeah I really like Frankenstein I really like um I quite like gothic novels I think yeah just, there is something about them I think also I studied Frankenstein at school and it was a really interesting book to study because there was just so much around it historically anyway the birth um, like modern medicine and surgery and there's a lot of like feminist angles in there there's a lot of there's so much nuance in that book that studying it was fascinating I think I made a mistake in my A-level of quoting the film from Frankenstein at the demo mark where you had like a feminist-based question and I basically put as a response um, about how like bad it was that females treated and how like Hendon Bon and Carter, she played the sister, had been brought back to life and she was being like used as an object. Like she wasn't asked if she was being brought back to life and my teacher at college just like in red writing was like this is the film <laughs> in the book the sister just dies it's in the film she dies and then gets brought back yeah. to life again um the book is and- much more dark because everyone pretty much dies well the book's quite dark because everyone dies it's a bit of like really odd kind of level of incest where he fancies his adopted sister but obviously they've been raised as brother and sister for the whole time so like bloodline wise they're fine but like, you've been raised as your sister yeah. Mary Shelley, bit of an oddball. Um, what other books do you like that are classical reads? So actually last year I read Anna Karenina and I kind of had always put it off in my brain because I knew how long it was. But honestly, I think I read it in a few days. I just sat down and just inhaled it. It was... I think a lot of people get put off um, classics because they think, oh, it's really long or it's very complicated. But quite often it's not actually as, they're not actually as difficult. I'm doing some quotation marks. A read as you think. Um, And this was one of mine, which I just sort of, it just, I just loved it. I loved the intricacies of the plot. Obviously it was written, I think, released in part in in newspapers and things. Um, And I just, I've obviously been very familiar with the story of Anna Karenina having it been in multiple films. There's like different adaptations of it, like Anna Kay by Jenny Lee is obviously a very recent example. But I did think that, um, you know, Tolstoy's writing is, it's very engaging. There's a reason why it's a classic. And I love that one. That's one of mine. And in terms of more modern classics, I've always loved Off the Road by Jack Kerouac, which it's a weird one it's very like beat generation so you're very much like it's quite a hard read at times because it's very it feels like just um it's kind of just a conscious stream of thought like and it's quite hard to follow but I think it's just something about I mean me and you love Americana and country and there's just something about it like infused through there and I just kind of loved the American landscape and the way he painted it um so I've always loved Kerouac's writing um and there's like a quote from it which always sticks with me which is um uh the only people for me are the wild ones the ones who are i'm gonna quote this wrong but basically like the one who's ones who are unafraid to live basically crazy people in life and it's just always stuck with me that so that's one of my favorites are there any others which you loved i really loved come walking bird Yes. I it's a classic, that. but there's a reason why it's a classic. 
Yeah, because I really like Atticus. The whole mm. thing of, um, obviously he's defending um, a black man in trial and he's the only one who will represent him. But the fact that like he believes so much in being equal that he like say to his own children, you don't call me dad, you call me Atticus, I'm your equal, to his own kids, which I loved. Um, and I think it's just, it's such like an innocent book about such a dark topic because obviously it's yeah. written from the point of view of the, of, um, of the kids, of Scout. Um, and they're trying to kind of figure out what's going on. They kind of don't know why this person's being judged like this. Um, especially when at the very beginning of the trial, they go up to the balcony yeah, where, where all the whole black community is. And they're like, well, why can't we be here watching it with our neighbours and the other yeah. people from our town? Because that's what There's they see. There's a real childlike innocence throughout the book, which is always just kind of sticks with you. Yeah, because they like question it in like such a simple way of like, well, why can't we sit next to each other? What? Why? Why can't we do this? Well, no, your adult answer doesn't make sense to me. Mm. Um, I really like that. Um, I so wish it'd be remade again as a film because when because like, obviously a film's quite old now. I think it probably will be one of those things that gets remade into a TV show at some point. Yeah, I just think it needs. It just needs. Not to be like, there's nothing wrong with the actors or like how it's filmed or anything, but just the quality of the way it's been filmed, it's black and white. It just needs to be redone. Yeah. Or like a better, better quality. Um, have you got any more classics? Obviously Jane Austen's always been a favourite of mine. I just love her the way, it, like, again, I think we'll get into this, but it like tells you so much. Like, I've always loved history, so it's always that's the way I love to consume history is kind of um, by reading novels based in the time and kind of um, I feel like you learn so much about the um, about human humanity um, I loved love those books just I think Jane Austen is great her, a lot of her fem, um, her heroes heroines um, are very nuanced and very different I don't love all of her all of the Austen ones but like obviously Prime Prejudice and Emma I've always gravitated to because Emma is just hilarious um and she's such a meddler and I love it um but again I think they tell you a lot about um it's kind of revealing I guess to see like how the role of women has changed in society and that's always um it feels good to kind of look at um but I think those books I've I've just always again gravitated towards um and i've read them back to back and then watched the bbc adaptations and the films when they came out so you can't, i can't get enough um but i guess that kind of goes into what are we predicting in future is going to become a classic i i kind of struggled hard because in my head i was like well what on earth makes a classic i was like is it something that's been so successful is it being something that's like maybe done something new mm. and then i because like this like really lovely like Mark Twain quote about what makes a classic and he says a classic book is something that is always praised but it's never read that's so interesting people raise so my it, like, it's true actually because my when I was like thinking about what's going to be a classic I think it's a lot of also what um I know we've both studied loads of these books in school and I think classics are often what the books that are praised a lot but also that can often tell you a lot about um 
the kind of cultural thing that was happening at that time I mean think a lot of the books that we've mentioned you know you can read them and understand a lot about what was going on at the time and it tells you a lot about the nuances of society um obviously ones that are praised and kind of very very um well circulated um so I guess on that note are there any which really stand out to you so I thought definitely Handmaid's Tale because I thought of yes. how um, George Orwell's like 1984 is obviously a classic whole Big Brother thing, which mm-hmm. then got a spin-off into like the Big Brother reality TV show mm-hmm. um, and questioning the government. And Handmaid's Tale obviously came out in the 80s um, and it was obviously like a new take on like feminism, but when it then got made into a TV show and I was like, mm, this has come out during Trump era. And it's something that I can actually yeah. see. Um, and it kind of got wrapped rebirth. And I think Hamish Tower is definitely classic of just a new take on feminism. Um, and like, I guess like feminism linked with religion as well, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely changed a lot of like questioning like what a woman is in society. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, the TV show has like helped boost it again in conversation, but I think Hermes Tower is definitely a classic. Oh, 100%. 100%. I think I agree with you in terms of like, again, it's kind of seeing. It's interesting seeing the impact of the Hermes Tower and how it's used as a cultural touchstone, like women and their role in society. Um, a lot of conversations about religion and there's so much discussion that can happen off the back of that book um that is interesting i guess on that note one of mine was i think americana or um by chimamanda Ngozi adichie um it's definitely one that is on my radar of being um a very again another classic i think it's um a big discussion point about immigration and people um the role of um, people who weren't born in america i guess in american society and how difficult it can be um to kind of be sort of feel like an outsider um and how people cannot welcome you and kind of the way that um way that white people don't always understand the black experience um, and I think it'll be important, particularly in the light of like the George, everything with George Floyd, um, and to see the like longevity of that book, um, because I think a lot of people, when everything happened last summer, and obviously that was a tipping point for a lot of people being like, oh, racism still exists. It's like, oh, well done, congratulations. Um, but a lot of people rushed to read sort of more nonfiction books, like why i'm no longer talking to white people about race um by rennie edo lodge um and white fragility and books like that but i think part of that kind of i guess catalog of books um americana was a big part of that because i think it was an important read for a lot of people to kind of a lot of people don't take things in as much when they're sort of non-fiction but i think a lot of people can empathize with people when it's through a fiction lens so I think that was a, an important part of that kind of people under like white people understanding. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause I think it's a half thing of 
it's such a fragile thing if you call someone out for being racist they're like well i'm not i'm i'm not gonna educate myself on this i'm not going to do this and i just get very defensive but if you're like here's a book about racism but all the characters are a lot easier to give someone americana than it is to give them like a book on a non-fiction book which they should read yeah i think i think most people get like for some reason just get offended by non-fiction they're like oh what are you trying to say you're like oh here's this book and then they kind really of good yeah and then and they figure out on their own and they're like oh I, i'm 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 like this i'm treating the character the kind of the same way and, and this is how mm. the character feels it's amazing that isn't it so i do i think that book for me it i think is an important read and i think kind of going on with that you know all the tony morrison books like beloved and sula i think will again become part i think actually to be honest the whole tony morrison catalog um will be just memorialized and i think a lot of people again will already cite beloved as an important read in sula um so i can definitely see those becoming part of like the kind of cultural landscape and books that people are going to be reading for years and hundreds and hundreds of years i think kind of i think we've both put the same author mm-hmm. um ad smith i can definitely see becoming a, a classic author um so obviously for my like local book club we done in the month of may we each read like a different as ad smith um and i read swing time and then i also read white teeth but i can see it being more white teeth than swing time yeah coming the so white teeth focuses like a lot on like the british relationships um between people from like colonized countries so yeah. from countries in africa and in asia and i think just linking back to the whole conversation of racism mm-hmm. during uh, kind of like the pink floyd time during lockdown a lot of people in england realizing that racism isn't an american issue it's mm-hmm. also a british issue as well so i think as well in schools that like we're taught that racism is the slave trade in america yeah we're taught that it's a civil rights movement in america um we're not it's true that. actually we don't talk about it always as much in terms of the british experience um we like yeah. to kind of put it over there as an american issue and it's not the case yeah and and it's not the case so that's kind of why i like white teeth mm-hmm. where again it's fictionalized but it it can be a true story somewhere yeah I think. um what else can you see maybe becoming classic books wise? Um, I think kind of going along with all of this, I think um, Colson Whitehead's books, Underground Railroad and The Nickel Boys, again, I think will be a huge part. But I think um, for me, Home Going by Yard Jesse um, was a really important read, which is sort of, um, it's kind of the story of a family um that one is uh i think it's married to a slave owner and one is part it's like it's the way that two families kind of grow up very differently even though they're descended from the same um bloodline one's married married to a slave owner i believe and then the other is still um sold on as a slave and kind of the way that they're disparate um kind of the disparate experiences just based on that um sole fact and it was really harrowing um but it was really important again showing 
the way that that the slave trade kind of has impacted generations and generations that it's not just something that's in the past um and the long-term impact of that um on families like I think it was just important for people to be able to see that it's not just like it's not history and history isn't isolated history impacts now um so for me that was another important one but I guess as well um I think Pachinko which obviously I read recently Minjing Lee's book um for me I think it will be a cultural classic I just think it was a, just a phenomenal book um and it's interesting because I think it's the only that one and the Yard Jesse books are the only two that kind of aren't as much based in modern times that I've read um but I still think that they tell you a lot about what's happening now and kind of um can tell you a lot about just history generally so I think those those two are there any others you've got on your list I think we've spoken quite a lot about books that are like reflective of time or they've like changed conversation at the time but I do think there's definitely got to be books I'll just go be classics whether they're good or bad just because of how popular they've been and also maybe because they're bad yeah it's like I've put like twilight question twilight question marks I'm like in my head I remember twilight being like the opening to my young gothic and it seems to be coming back around again because of the films I think like teenagers like rediscovering yeah. it but when I think about it they're very cringy books they, and they're not that well written I think because we've got written down on our list the three books which I guess the three series that I think have made a big impact are Fifty Shades Grey, Harry Potter and Twilight and I think Fifty Shades and Harry Potter unfortunately with the ones that stand um Fifty. I mean, Fifty Shades is still one of the most well, um, widely circulated books in years. I remember when it first, you know, came out that year. I think, oh, I can't which publisher it was, but the publishing house, um, they all got a huge bonus. Every single person in the company because of how well it was sold. But I think I wouldn't say it's like. I know I wouldn't say it's changed that kind of writing. Or it's no. like made like a new genre or it's made like a new... No, I think point. it will just be a mark of like, I think it will be held up as like the third of, I don't know, like something about attitudes to sexuality and how it's changed. I think that will be the way, the framework um, for no, no, it. But at, but at the same time, I think classic is something you can study at GCSE or A-level. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be studying. I really hope people aren't studying for today's grey. Yeah, it's like, can you imagine of like, like, you oh, no, please, like, no. memorize quotations for like a mock? Like, and like Harry Potter, I think, as well. Like, again, maybe, I know it kind of changed like, its popularity with fantasy, yeah. but it is still quite average character based. Like, the majority yeah. of characters are mostly British characters. Um, I think they'll more be held up as like cultural like signposts but not studied yeah i think a bit like star wars star trek like mm. popular fandoms and it will slowly in a few years now become like a retro fandom yeah um yeah and you know, some, some books like i just, I just they're just they're just popular and i, I just really and no one knows why i guess on that note though are there any 
what kind of music do you think is going to be held up you know in the same ilk as like okay you know, yeah do you, tell me do you want we can time this through like delayed delayed zoom recording and see if we can say the, the person's name at the same time because <laughs> we both know who we think is gonna be a classic i think so what taylor swift, taylor swift. <laughs> there we go i mean i think we've become a broken record at this point like but she will be but my question is will she in what genre is it just pop. gonna be pop yeah pop but i do think that it'll be less i mean there's already less genre specificity and i think in time it would be like like the beatles would like the you know are they rock are they pop like people would, we just remember them as the beatles i think will be the same way yeah so i think definitely taylor swift i think just because of like how successful yeah. like each era of taylor swift has been and she's quite a well she i think she's like the most awarded female yeah um, and just her her impact i think on a lot of people's songwriting i mean we're seeing it now with like olivia rodrigo and she's having an impact on the generation of songwriters and artists that are coming up and i think so i mean i've interviewed so many artists in country who they all cite taylor as their number one influence they're like they all talk about how how her records shape the way they write songs yeah and that's like that's the biggest mark of like a classic artist i would think that it's it, it that they shape what goes after them i think so i think as well female wise adele yeah but adele's been quite smart with she's known when to finish adele yeah um is she gonna release a new record soon we don't know I know, she's quite smart with like, she's finished at the at the height of her career, she's finished very yeah. successfully, and it'll never be a thing of like, yes, you get like really iconic acts like Johnny Cash, but Johnny Cash kept making albums even afterwards after and they kept declining in yeah. popularity Yeah, no one really talked about any albums that came after Force in Prison No, He didn't need to read an album after that No um, I think quite a lot of artists are going that way, maybe of like doing like their best, like three or four albums, and saying, "Oh, that's the best of me," and then we'll leave it. Stop. There. Yeah, it's like the same thing of how Quentin Tarantino has this thing of he only ever wants to make like ten or eleven films in his life because yeah. he wants to make like every single one counts. And I can get that because there's not been one bad Quentin Tarantino film. There's not been one no. unsuccessful film. Um, who else do you think is going to be like classic Nick? Um, Ed Sheeran will be one who I think he's again kind of shaped a lot of people to come but I don't know whether he'll become a classic I'm just thinking I think Beyonce I think she's made a massive impact on um, again artistry and I do think that that is the most important mark of an artist who's like chain who will become a classic is someone who is shaping other artists and i think beyonce and i think john mayer is the other one. Oh, yeah i think john mayer I think especially like guitarists mm-hmm. as well yeah. because um i know Lindsay l re-recorded like a whole john mayer album yeah because of how amazing of a guitarist he is um i can't think of who else because I know, like, 
I don't know, like even like hip hop. I can't really think. Like Kanye West, maybe. Maybe. I just, I maybe. really just think I'm, I'm. If I was putting, sorry, I'm like lying down to this. If I'm putting my money behind people, I would literally just say Taylor Swift, John Mayer, and Beyonce. Those would be my three. Do you not kind of get like Whitney Houston vibes sometimes from Ariana Grande? I just don't think that she will have that. She just hasn't. Amazing artist, incredible what she's done. I just can't see. I don't think she's changed any barriers. That's fair. That's fair. She's successful, but not yeah. influential. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, think that's, that's where I'm that's where I'm marking like who is a classic artist and who's changed the game and landscape. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it. I think that's a very fair way to put it. So I guess those are our classics. Let's just put this in a time capsule and see in like a hundred years' time. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, because we'll be around by then. <laughs> I'm planning to be alive for another hundred and twenty years, don't worry about it. Um eat my eat my kale, we'll be fine um right so moving on to what have you been listening to this week what have you been reading what have you been watching hey so reading um i've read two very very interesting books this week so i read the glass hotel by emily st john mandel it was on last year obama released a favorite book favorite books list of 2020 which um, I always question those book lists. I'm like, is this just a list of everything you read in the past year? I love you, Barry. But yeah, also, like, is it? Yeah, I'm like, is it something you've read? Are you getting answers? I'm like, do you actually need the money? <laughs> like, um, but I, I really like it. So it's kind of, kind of not, kind of is based on the crimes of Bernie um, Madoff um, yeah. and like financial crime, which it took a while for me to get my head around of like fraud and like moving around imaginary money and I'm like how on earth do you move around imaginary money like like remind me very much of like seeing ghost on like how like, the best the evil best friend is like moving money around all these accounts it took a while for me to get my head around it yeah. um but it's basically like it's like story of fraud um and a lot of suspense so it, it happens in the book where they're kind of like caught for the crime and then someone goes missing. Um, and like for the first like third of the, of the book, I was like, I have no idea what's going on, but I'm living for the suspense. <laughs> I want someone to be caught. I don't know what for. <laughs> um, so I've been reading that this week. And then I read, so I want to go back to my Gothic books. Um, and I read this genre called Mexican Gothic. And I was like, yeah. oh. Um, so I read this book that's literally called Mexican Gothic by Sylvia Monmarie. Sylvia Moreno and, Garcia. Yes. Um, and it's about a woman who, during the 1950s, she basically receives this letter from her cousin and her cousin saying, I think my husband is trying to kill me for my money. Um, and you do get very much like Rebecca vibes from it. Yeah. Um, and it does get really gory. And the thing is, I can handle gothic, I can handle thrillers, I can handle like scary films, I can't handle blood and gore. Um, and even in that book description, where I'm like, I can just skip reading these words, mm. that is really, I can just skip this paragraph, but I kind of need to read it for it that the next bit to make sense. 
that's only that I didn't like. Not that it's badly written, I just yeah. don't like gore. Um, but very, very good. And I'm very, very. That's happy. interesting because I have uh, Velvet Was the Night, which is her new book that's being released on the seventeenth of August, and I actually have that on my to be read list right there. Um, so I'll have to give that one a read and let you know what the um, how that one is because yeah, that's definitely been on my list for a while. So I'll definitely have to get that one. Well, what have you been reading this week? This one's been a bigger reading week for me. Um, I read the new Laura Dave book. So Laura Dave has done historically. I think she's just done like romances. She did. Um, I think it's like 800 grapes or something i might get that slightly wrong but um she has released a thriller called the last thing he told me and it i loved it i started reading it because it was the bad on paper book club pick for this month or last month and um it's so good it starts off and it's like um this woman who's recently married her husband goes on the run and she basically has to find out and pick piece together with his daughter his backstory and what's happened and it's so good and so engaging i think i read it in like two days i could not stop reading it so that's one of mine um i also read the push by ashley audrain which i know you've read um which again very much as you said um we need to talk about kevin vibes i i did really enjoy it there was parts of it that was it was the ending was so frustrating to me yeah um uh, just out, because out of 10 frustrating yeah oh it was like a solid like nine i was like but i just wanted i i need more like with that kind of thing i i used to love like books that would hang on that kind of like suspense like cliffhanger ending but now i just find them deeply unsatisfying <laughs> if i'm honest um i also read eat peach by david chang which is um memoir that got published last year he is the um owner of momofuku and he's done a netflix tv show ugly delicious he's like a really big celebrity chef in the states and really stupidly i did not really know who he was but this is more like a memoir about like the food culinary industry and it's more about like his journey and his success so i think it's very accessible even for someone who isn't really that into um the food scene um and into celebrity chefs and then i've just started reading malibu rising which is taylor jenkins reed's new book and it's so good and i definitely think i am going to be reading it straight after this and i will probably be up till 1am to finish it because i can't put it down what have you been like have you been binge watching anything lately not really like to be honest i watched the friends reunion and then that was like i've been watching a bit of friends but then that's pretty much been it how about you? I've revisited and like this is like old school binge watching box sets, like actually physical box sets. Oh my god! Um, Supernatural. Um, because I sat there and I remember I was very much oh I used to be. I forgot about Supernatural. And I used to wait week by week, and then I think it got to like season like seven or eight, and I stopped watching it. Like I missed like one week, and then once you miss one or two weeks, and it's kind of hard to catch up. I just stopped watching it, um, and it finished last year. And I was like, you know what? I just want to watch all of it. Um, 
and like I was like watching it like um with my with one of my friends I went to I was like if it's not your cup of tea we'll watch it if it's not your cup of tea I won't be offended because I, I don't yeah. know if you're the whole vampires and demons and like spirits and he's like oh it's fine like probably not but I'll give it a go and afterwards I was like okay do you want to watch the next episode he's like those brothers are so cool <laughs> those brothers are so cool the soundtrack is amazing it's so good I think even if like you don't really like not into like supernatural like fantasy kind of things you can just watch it for Sam and Dean um and I just love like the like early 2000s throwback I love the early 2000s was like the heyday of box art I I love I love how bad the visual effects are where you can tell when they're driving in the car you can see it's a green screen (laughs) And no way actually i have noticed that with friends like when they have like basically anything like this on the river or something there's like a particular bit when rachel's teaching jerry how to sail and oh my god the yeah. green skin is bad yes um but i i just find it hilarious like, it just adds to it yeah i find it hilarious um, um what have you been listening to this week oh so today I was listening to VC Pines, um, his new Concrete album, like very vibey, very R&B, very, very chill to listen to. I haven't really got nice. focus on it a lot, which I don't know is a good or bad thing, but like, sometimes you just want you music. You need some background around. music. You just need some background music just to vibe to as you're, you know, you're doing your ironing and all that glamorous jazz. Um, I think it's definitely a massive, big debut album. Yeah, the Rodrigo one. Oh, it's like, been, I can't stop listening to it. It's so good. It's nothing like I thought it'd be. I thought Sour no. was yeah, this really poppy, almost Ariana Grande, thank you next kind of breakup no, it's album. So nuanced, so clever, so it's thoughtful. Fun. And it's so rocky and gave me like Paramore Business of Misery vibes. I was gonna say like, Avril Lavigne kind of back in the day, like there's loads of yeah, it's it's very yeah. diverse. I really like brutal. I really like brutal. Like the opening yeah. track. I really like jealousy. Um, about how she's like comparing herself to people on social media. Because that's the thing. Like, I went into it thinking it's gonna be a breakup album, and it kind of is, kind of isn't. But there's a it lot has more a, in a there. Yeah, it has a lot of. She's been very smart to put songs in there that aren't about relationships to help break it up. Like, hope you're okay. Um, very good song, jealousy. Um, I do have to say though, the best breakup song on there isn't even Driver's License, it's Traitor. Of yeah. You Didn't Cheat, but you're still a traitor. Oh, so good. God. Traitor and Deja Vu for me was also another one that I just I think it's phenomenal. And yeah, I'm just And so happier, surprised. happier as well. Oh yeah, I hope you're happy but not happier. Oh, like it, it's just so good. And it's like I'm I'm happy that like a teenage artist has come up with like a teenage angsty album. Yeah, I think it was like needed. Yeah, there's so many albums that are like too cool. I'm too but it's interesting because I feel like it's still applicable to like anyone. Like I I've listened to thirty year olds listen to it, and I think it's just, I think it's a phenomenal debut. And if this is what she's doing as a debut, like God, everyone's got to be afraid for what she does next. Yes, I, I do wonder what the next single's gonna be, or if she is gonna release a new single because the first three singles have been quite good so far. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I think it was phenomenal. What yeah. else have you listened to? Anything else? Anything else on your radar? 
just that I've just had brutal on like yeah. replay that and the whole thing of people saying that um I think it's like good for you has like the same chords or something has like um misery business by paramore so I've been like revisiting paramore again not decode not decode I don't want to be going down the whole twilight path again not yeah. decode um but just like paramore what have you been listening to this week uh so I discovered like so a new artist called Sutherland or Sutherland um they released their new EP boot up and it's just part of that like very traditional country kind of revival with like Luke Combs and people like that so their new EP is called boot up very enjoyable very Brooks and Dunn kind of vibe uh Tenille Arts has released a new single that I really liked um yeah just sort of been revisiting those and then just to be honest listening to Olivia Rodrigo on repeat so that's been kind of my listening um is there anything else that you've been inhaling i've been inhaling oh so yes i haven't got that much free time that my social life has come back but i still want to keep up that habit of having hobbies yeah um so i've ordered my first um what are they called um call um wall in the gang um knitting kits Oh, nice. Because I've gone through this phase of you know, my hot girl summer is just going to be me, like constant, like knitted crop tops, and now I'm going to try and make my own. Um, and I feel like it's going to be that again, that episode of Friends when Phoebe makes like a jumper and it has like three arms and no neck. I love it. Um, and I feel like it's going to be like that. So we shall see if I've just wasted like 80 quid or not. Um, Watch this space watch your space watch me just cry over the amount of wasted hours on, in, on my insta story over just like mesh that looks like my cat has like napped on it and it's like you know you're trying to crochet um i love it what about you this week it's just been reading a lot so i will be finished malibu, Rose, malibu rising tonight and yeah that's kind of been my my week i guess um but on that note uh, where can people find you and where can people follow the uh, the knitting journey oh so people can follow the the train wreck of journey at hey underscore it's Madeline um in, and then I'm, I'm just gonna add in my in my bio bracket not a knitting expert um yeah. <laughs> on instagram where can people find you so they can find me at imogen l marshall on instagram and at everywhere at www.offtherecorduk.com thanks everyone for listening bye